Welcome to Seek Justice, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the nuances of criminal justice. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Pretty good. So last week we looked, we started looking into the criminal justice reform proposed by Senator Elizabeth Warren as her platform as a presidential candidate. And today we're going to continue with that. We were just getting about to where the death penalty or something like that. So let's get into that. Okay, let's go. So the next uh, part of her uh, platform here is about reforming incarceration, which is a pretty broad topic. Uh, again, opening up with a you know a decent set of uh, links to to data, the growth six hundred fifty percent since nineteen eighty. Uh, wow. Doesn't mention uh, what. Uh, what Clinton had to do with that, uh, the Clintons, uh, frankly, more the president than, than Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the costs have increased even more than that by 685%. And then a link to their degree of effectiveness, which is low. And, um, you know, she begins with reducing mandatory minimums, uh, which have been found to be uh, ineffective and very costly. And here uh, she links to their lack of effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants judges to have more flexibility. She links to that. Um, and she's very clear what Congress should do. So again, unlike Bernie, that says what Bernie will do without any much reference to the fact that, oh, yeah, the Congress controls that. And, oh, yeah, Congress is controlled by Republicans, which, of course, they should both know since they're there. Uh, she's very clear. And this whole introduction of this entire section, remember, is about the fight that she will fight and recognizing that there's a fight ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to reverse the um, Sessions decision, a t- a former Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions. I imagine that I imagine that sentence is in the is in the uh, proposals of all the candidates, but I could be wrong. Th- this particular one, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Bernie uh, certainly had it in there, but. In the version we looked at, which may be improved by now, Bernie didn't have a link to it. So, right. if you were uninformed, you didn't know she's got a link to it, and and um, and says that she is going to reverse it, which is certainly within her power. Um, yep. So she wants to raise the age of uh, criminal liability. Uh, you've got some good data from our last podcast. Uh, she has yep, similar I will, data. I will be including that that same uh, research in the show notes for this episode at seekjustice.fm slash 020. And take a look at her uh, two links here, which very well may be the same mm-hmm. that you found. Um, she's reaching to raise the liability limit to 18, which is realistic. I think that's what uh, Bernie said as well. But I will tell you that that's not what uh, brain science would suggest, uh, right. that the, the brains are not mature until... Uh, early 20s, 24, 25, uh, more for men, uh, uh, older for men uh, than women. Uh, But uh, this is probably all uh, that we can do. Uh, And many states, including Michigan, has uh, have reduced that uh, disparity there with with what makes sense. She suggests that we end the death penalty. Um, That's also that's also liberal low, low fruit, isn't it? I mean, it's not low fruit as it is that it's easy to, to get, but it's something you got to throw in there because on, on the liberal platform, I don't know any liberals that are pro death penalty, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, she, the only thing she says here is that she opposes the death penalty and that Congress should abolish it. Um, it one thing she can do is reverse 
Attorney General Barr's decision uh, to move forward with federal executions. She can put an end to that through her new appointment of her new Attorney General, uh, Kamala Harris. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and here, you know, again, this is a, a tremendous fight in Congress, and I'm not sure uh, how successful it would be or how long it would take or, frankly, how she expects to get that done. she got a lot of work ahead of her if that's what she wants to do. Uh, certainly supportable. Right. Um, she wants to use pardon and clemency powers to broadly uh, correct systemic injustices. And um, the she, she interesting here because she, she is a wonk, and that's what we need. We need a government wonk. Yes, please. And she links to the, uh, the, the process in DOJ, which is very, very uh, cumbersome. And there's a hierarchy of, of steps that it goes through, and it's cumbersome. And she wants uh, that clemency board to make recommendations directly to the White House. It's interesting when I was working for uh, Jennifer Granholm here as governor, um, when she was governor, uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, created a clemency board. The clemency board went directly to her, bypassed, and it, it sped it up uh, quite a bit. Because, because governors also have uh, the ability to pardon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, and do all sorts of things uh, with their executive power, which they generally don't do much of it until, until they're if, if they're in a second term in their second term, because it's 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 political uh, political uh, a lot of political difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what how Warren wants to uh, figure how she's going to do all this stuff, particularly stuff that deals with Congress. I suspect that she's going to do a series of these executive orders and these changes that she can do immediately and in that you know it's it's good stuff it's smart stuff she wants to improve conditions in prison links to them being uh, understaffed and overcrowded and then again talks about the fight she wants well, i to like sure yeah. i like how she um how she says which makes it dangerous for both for inmates and for correction officers yes i'm glad you pointed that out that that's very smart uh mm-hmm. and she she could say a lot more about that uh, frankly um here in the section about police, and also she could say more about prosecutors, which is a criticism that, that levied toward uh, Bernie. yep. Bernie's. Um, so she wants to establish a set of standards for the Bureau of Prisons, which is a very good approach, um, accommodating uh, prisoners with disabilities, religious practices, limiting restrictive housing. This can be very, very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, potentially litigious. Um, you know, she she leaps then into eliminating solitary confinement. Man, oh man! Um, yeah, she, you know because that's that's under the state supervision, right? So, well, it's it's a not. little unclear here. She's talking here mostly about the federal system. Oh, okay, but she doesn't say. She says I'll embrace the set of standards for the Bureau of Prisons to fix this, but then she talks about eliminating solitary confinement, uh, not, not, not really, uh, limiting that to the feds, but right. that would be a smart uh, place to start if that were even possible. That's another big, big, big fight. And, you know, you've got to acknowledge too, uh, somewhere that there are, it, it's very difficult to manage prison populations and correctional officers, administrators have very limited tools to be able to do that. They can reward somewhat, they can punish somewhat, and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a false premise to somehow liken what happens behind these bars to what happens in society and to expect that the standards that we have for community 
behavior, community health care, uh, community uh, levels of punishment, et cetera, are applicable to, to what happens behind bars. It's just not the case. Hmm. And there's a lot that can be said about that. Uh, but the point here is that uh, we're looking for a realistic approach of what can happen over the course of four or eight years and this kind of, you know, of high level stuff, even though she, I think she does a much better job than Sanders does it, talking about fighting in the Congress and all that. Um, still, it's it's pretty, uh, pretty steep. Right. But um, you you but you also have to grant that she has to say these things like she, she can't not say that that she's against solitary confinement or something. I guess I guess proclaiming that it will be eliminated is a little too far. But again, because she's put the word, I'm going to fight to do all these things before this, we can sort of grant that, yeah. But Well, well here too, though, she says we should eliminate solitary confinement. She doesn't say she's going to do it. Right, right. She says we should do it. I mean, I don't want to, you know, there is parsing of, of words here. There's a lot of wordsmithing that went into this, and I think that that's a much more realistic way to say it rather than say, as, as Sanders does, that Bernie will eliminate it. Right. Um, you know, she then jumps into protecting special populations, another very important uh, aspect of it, and difficult and costly, uh, a lot of it at the state level, certainly most of it at the state level. She uh, doesn't really make a distinction here between uh, state and um, federal prison system, uh, simply says that she'll implement a rigorous auditing program which if she's implementing that, it must be at the federal level. Right. Um, and that's a good place to start. If she can do it there, she could lead the charge. Uh, many fewer facilities, smaller facilities, easier to control, less violent uh, predators in those facilities, et cetera. So, you know, it's a good place to start, but she doesn't say that. I'll ensure that juveniles are not housed in adult facilities. I'll also eliminate the use of solitary confinement for protective purposes. Instead, I'll direct the Bureau of Prisons to establish a set of standards and reforms to protect the most vulnerable. So this will lead me to believe that this is about the federal system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by directing the Bureau, uh, BOP, Bureau of Prisons, to establish standards, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to, that's a good manager saying, look, this is what I want to have happen. You tell me how to do it. Put together a task force, whatever. Um, and, and, and on. Um, so, next. I, I, wait, yeah. I, I have a question. Uh, in this section, she um, one of the special populations she mentions is uh, LGBTQ plus individuals. Um, what's, how does the prison system treat transgender people? Because clearly we don't house men with women and women with men, but if someone identifies as a man, do we... No, I think where it's got to be them? more than that. There's an assessment process that takes place during the healthcare assessment and the physical assessment uh, at intake. Okay. And how they deal with it and, and what exactly they do to assess it is going to differ from state to state and also going to be different in the, in the federal government. And okay. there's probably, uh, I would assume, some threshold. Uh, just because you, you identify there doesn't necessarily mean that you will have them identify you there. Right. Uh, you know, and there's like, an awful lot of, uh, of you know, protection uh, that can be done for juveniles, can be done for uh, uh, sex offenders who are uh, oftentimes um, attacked mm-hmm. vigorously uh, by other prisoners, et cetera, and you've just got to isolate them. Now, there's a difference between solitary confinement and single cell, 
but single cell or double cell is uh, the way that you have to go. And, and be mindful that most prisons uh, and prisoners are not housed in cells per se. They're housed in bays or dormitory style places that you just can't afford hmm. a lot of single cells or double cells. And every state's got different ratios that they have. It's very expensive. Okay, okay. And so we'll see, you know, we'll see how, how, how she wants to go about that and, and assume uh, with the federal system. Um, wants investment programs to facilitate rehabilitation, of course. Um, she's got good linkage to uh, data about uh, recidivism reduction and um, makes a, a good statement. When prison populations went up, budgets went down, rehab services were off in the first cuts. That's that's a good insight. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then she makes a statement, which, you know, she is, as one commentator said after this last debates, she is uh, ridiculously gifted as a as, as a speaker. And you could just hear her uh, say this. She's very, very believable. And unlike uh, Bernie, as I think I mentioned, she's not screaming all the time. She's she shows anger. Uh, but she's but it seems sincere. That, in a, yeah. In a way that... and, and, and it's more intelligent anger. I mean, it's it's. It's just different. Uh, right. Bernie Bernie looked a bit uh, unhinged uh, the other day. His throat was bad. His hair was as crazy as ever. His eyes were bulging. I mean, it. He. I don't know that he did himself any favors uh, and continues to just come across as just way uh, over the top on some of this stuff. Right. And here, you know, she um, she wants to do something expensive. She wants to double grant funding for these services in our prisons and expanding programs, vocational training, anger management. I'd like to see what the price tag is, how she's going to go about that. Doesn't say that this is limited to uh, federal prisons. I suspect it may not be because it's grant funding. So there's a little lack mm-hmm. of clarity here uh, throughout this entire section, frankly, about uh, whether she means state or federal. Uh, so, so would it be would it be a reasonable uh, policy for a president to implement Lots of reform and stuff at the federal level, where where they have control, uh, just sort of as a model for the states to follow. Yes. Okay. Yes, and and particularly what she could say here, she could say I'll double grant funding uh, for these services in our federal prisons, expanding programs, blah blah blah, right. and uh, test their results as a pilot, and then uh, work with Congress to uh, uh, increase funding available through the Bureau of Justice Assistance for states under the Second Chance Act. I mean. Yeah. Just another sentence or two can can get into in a little bit more detail and depth for, mm-hmm. for those of us who are practitioners. Um, not surprising then expanding mental health and addiction treatment. Uh, good data on um, number of prisoners with psychological distress and addiction. Um, and, and does a nice job here talking about the Bureau of Prisons. Um, again, uh, that's reduced access to treatment. Um, and then links that to how mental health treatment reduces recidivism. It's just smart nice. right. stuff. We must take a comprehensive approach, um, increased access, et cetera. And she could have added another sentence that says that comprehensive approach will include, right. you know, in a couple Explains of other places, she said she's going to put together a task force. She's going to put together something in the DOJ. And she did that one uh, thing about victims and former incarcerated persons. I mean, she could repeat that here and it would be smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to eliminate private prisons. Uh, she does have a, a, a good link there. Um, and uh, I've looked at that. Uh, it's quite similar in its uh, scope and its depth. It's got a lot of evidence to it. There's some things that she can do through executive orders, some things that she can do through, through grants and withholding 
uh, certain funds from states that uh, continue to have private prisons. Um, and she's got a good link uh, to data about negative outcomes. And so, you know, this section's good. It's got a good uh, set of uh, research behind it, a little weak on uh, details, uh, but, uh, but, you know, compared to Sanders, better, I think. I like this. I like this conclusion sentence on the um, on the ending private prisons uh, page that she links to. It says Washington hands billions over to corporations profiting off of inhumane detention and incarceration policies while ignoring the families that are destroyed in the process. We need to call that out for what it is: corruption. That's a, yes. You can she just does a nice you, job you can that. you can hear that in her voice too. Well, and I just got one of her fundraising letters, which uh, comes in at only uh, four uh, full uh, pages. You know. Um, <laughs> And it's it's quite quite the quite the language about fighting and and the tone is good and and because you can't link to data she's got a fair amount of it there she does mention the criminal justice reforms and has a, a, a statement similar to what you just said um, yeah she's so she's, if, she's consistent she's really going to attract the votes that of the people that voted for Obama because they liked his intelligence uh, yeah. Yeah, because... when that brought that, 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 I think that'll help with the millennial vote. Um, and it's it's odd, you know. You look at the ages of, of the of the folks running, and I have a millennial uh, son-in-law, and asked him what he thought about Biden. He said, "Well, he's past his prime. He's old school. Biden didn't do himself any favors the other day when he talked about, you know, uh, before kids go to bed, let them listen to the record player. You know, it's like <laughs> whoa." And he's that's that's getting a lot of attention. That kind of uh, you know being out of touch, and you know Bernie's uh, pushing eighty. Uh, uh, you know some of the younger ones are you know Harris I think is low uh, young fifties, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Warren uh, comes in at seventy one. Um, nobody I've ever asked who doesn't know that guesses that she's any older than fifty something. Yeah, sixty something at the oldest because she looks incredibly youthful. But she acts useful, right? And um, she's just so clear-eyed and, and, and clear-spoken. Mm -hmm. um, so, jump into the next section here about supporting reentry. I love this section, particularly the data links to the uh, folks following uh, post-release uh, prison as being uh, more likely to be unemployed with a link, more likely to be rearrested with a link, more likely to overdose with a link, mm -hmm. more likely to die with a link. I mean, it's just compelling. And unlike some of the other candidates, she doesn't just say it. Mm -hmm. she, she, she says why she believes it. And a very, very clear-eyed statement here, and I've said it myself, recidivism rates remain high, in part because our prisons have not fulfilled their rehabilitative function, and in part because lack of opportunity after release drives individuals to reoffend. Um, and then links to technical violations. And then this makes the, the, the statement... Uh, consistent with other things she said we need evidence-based programs and interventions to break the cycle i mean this is this this reads like you know the work i'm doing uh, in the states as a, as a consultant right um and then she says here's some of the steps i'll take and then she goes into it i i like the, the way that she gets out this and, and listen to this pressure states to eliminate collateral sanctions so right away it's what she wants to do and how she wants to do it. Right. She's got good data about occupational licensing and Wait, housing can you, restrictions. Can you tell me what yeah. collateral sanctions means? Um, so uh, indirectly, if you are barred from different uh, occupations, then that's a sanction. 
So you can't be a barber, you can't work in certain healthcare fields, um, you can't get a license for certain things. Uh, licensing boards throughout the country have a, a, a moral character test, which on its face can simply be you've done time in prison, you're of low moral character, you know, just right. okay. broad, broad stuff. And then um, housing, et cetera, there's a, there's a, uh, there's state housing authority, local housing authority, that they often will be restrictive and they'll all, uh, often claim that it's a federal restriction that bars felons, uh, convicted felons of being in public housing and they will bar them from public housing. Well, the federal uh, system bars people from federal housing if they've been convicted of selling drugs in federal housing. And you see a misunderstanding and a trumping of that, pun intended, Again and again and again throughout the states, and so right. this 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 type of stuff disenfranchises uh, terribly. She's got a link to that, and it affects over three million uh, returning uh, people. Which she she's calling former prisoners returning citizens. Which, you know, th nice. this section was written well uh, in good research. So her staff are doing a good job, and I think we should uh, reach out to them. We can talk about that offline. Um, but I really like uh, what she has here. Um, she doesn't like say how how she's going to pressure states, right? Right. Sounds like maybe she's a listener to our program. She's one of three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, she's it's, been... it's 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 good common sense, and it's it's something that a lot of advocates and activists have been pushing forever. So it's, okay. it's not like she's the first in line here. But um, she's doing a better job than anybody I've seen so far uh, in terms of the way she talks about it. I like to see how she plans on pressuring states, right. you know, how you do that, whether you link it and say, uh, you know, unless you get rid of that, you don't get road funding or something, which has been tried in the, in the past uh, with uh, um, onerous uh, types of things. I'm, I've mentioned before that you couldn't get road funding, federal road support, if you didn't uh, force your felons to serve 85% of the time uh, sentenced by the judge. But for in, in that, this is something I've been thinking about the, with the whole pressure and incentivizing states. Um, if you've got 200 things that you're that you want the states to do, can you just hold back, say, road funding until they do all 200 of them? Or do you put a price on every one of them? And it seems uh, it seems unclear to me how best to do that. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to be realistic. You don't want to uh, create the states as, as enemies of your administration by being onerous and, and punitive. I think that what you would expect from states is say, look, the following funding is connected to your plan over right. the course of the next three years uh -huh. to tackle uh, uh, at least five of the following 10 things over the course of the next three years okay. Okay, that and then five more. You know, And that's, that's the way you would do it. And then you'd provide assistance, probably from the Bureau of Justice Assistance to be able to do that. You can use Second Chance Act funds to provide that assistance. You could also link with uh, national foundations across the country that have been doing this type of work with states for, for a decade. Um, but again, while she gets a good credit for understanding certain things that she can do, certain things that Congress has to do, certain things that you have to pressure the states in, that's good. But there still isn't any detail here, and, and, and I'm not suggesting that at this point she needs it. But if she gets the nomination, right. which I predict she will, um, that's when she really needs to go to town and get the stuff figured out and put together these teams of people um, to work on this, which is why I'd like to uh, be in contact uh, with her campaign. Mm -hmm. um, next, she talks about needlessly restricting uh, parole requirements. Um, 
I'm surprised she doesn't have a link here. She makes a statement. It's ready for a link. Technical parole and probation violation make up a large number of all state prison admissions, sometimes for infractions as minor as a paperwork error. Uh, that's kind of an outlier. Um, but here's an important link, and, and that is, and this is surprising to a lot of people. I know that you were surprised when I mentioned it some earlier podcast. Upwards of 55, 65, even 70 plus percent of all prison admissions in the state level are for revocations of probation or parole. Mm-hmm. That the, the percentage of people are actually in prison for the crime they committed, directly for the crime they committed, is not nearly as great as those for violations. And so it's a big, big issue, and she could be stronger. Uh, than this. And it's not just a large number in many states. It's the biggest number right. and makes a statement. While many rules are made at the state level, the federal government should seek to remove these barriers wherever possible, reduce parole requirements for low-level offenders, remove the threat of jail time for minor parole violations. This uh, is not particularly well thought out. She seems to be making a leap now into jail time for parole violations. I don't know if if she really means jail or she means prison. A jail is a Lockup generally controlled by the county or by the sheriff uh, or by a city, as opposed to the uh, prisons, which is what this whole section is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know uh, what she intends to do here, how the federal government should seek to remove those bears where in the federal system. She can't. Right. Um, the federal system, there isn't a parole system at the federal level. When you're released from a federal institution, you're given over to the judicial branch where the judiciary, the federal judiciary supervises your post-release supervision as okay. a federal probationer. And she's a little muddled here uh, on this. I don't know what she means for low-level offenders. This is another... Uh, it's sort of a catch-all phrase that... Yeah, I don't know what it means. What does low-level mean, you know, and et cetera. But anyway, not to beat her up too bad about it, but, um, you know, uh, she could get into a, a great deal more uh, right. detail. She wants to reduce discrimination during re-entry. Uh, reverse the guidance that exempt privately run reentry programs that contract with the Bureau of Prisons from anti-discrimination laws. Now, I didn't know that that was the case. Um, and she links to the guidance, but now that I know it's the case, I'm glad that she wants to reverse it. Um, that uh, is very limited. You know, the statement of reducing discrimination, she's not saying she's going to eliminate it. She's not saying, you know, uh, as Bernie might. Um, and it's actually a little weak because there's much more she can do, much more she can do. In Congress, for example, she could follow the recommendations of our, of our friend Mark Maurer at the Sentencing Project and uh, push the Congress to have racial uh, impact statements for legislation that they pass that's got in, in the justice arena. She could do the same to states. She could provide grants to states to do that work. She could try to embed uh, a racial impact uh, technical assistance at the state level if states are willing to do that. Um, I don't think that you need a law to be able to do that. I think you just need decisions uh, in those um, legislative agencies. So there's a lot more that could be said about this. Um, Next, she wants to establish a federal expungement uh, option. She's got some links to states with a certificate of recovery, um, and this should be replicated at the the federal level. I'd like to see a little bit of research here, um, uh, research on on the part of 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 a Warren administration to see what the, the impact of those certifications have been and whether or not they're onerous and whether or not they're costly and how it all works. There's been some research on that that could be linked here. Replicating that at the federal level prior to doing that research may not be a good idea. Um, I think you've really got to take a hard look at that. Um, so um, uh, cl- closing in on the, on the end here, 
Um, she wants to ensure reform at the state and the local level. All right, so here we go. Uh, links to the data that shows only 12% of the incarcerated population are at the federal level. To achieve real criminal justice reform on a national scale, we must move the decisions of states and local governments as well. So she wants to move them in that direction, and she says this, and I'll read the whole thing. My administration will work with state and local governments and incentivize adoption of new federal standards through the grant-making process. Federal grants make up nearly one-third of state budgets, and state wow. and local authorities spend about 6% of their budget on law enforcement functions. My administration would reprioritize state and local grant-making toward a restorative approach to justice and expand grant funding through categorical grants that require funds to be used for criminal justice reform and project grants that require funding to be allocated to specific programs. This is good stuff. Nice. It's it's it, it would lead you to believe that none of that's happening now, and that's not correct. Okay. There are uh, is some grant making toward restorative justice approach. There is uh, grant making for criminal justice reform, a good deal of it. The project grants that they have are required to be allocated to specific programs. So I'm not exactly sure uh, where she's coming up with that being such a new thing, doing more of it and reprioritizing uh, perhaps. But this is a place where perhaps a link to some other data uh, could take place. Um, when necessary, my plan uh, would also use federal enforcement authority. She'd expand the Obama era practice of using DOJ consent decrees and other judicial settlements to enforce federal standards. And she'd leverage the federal government's spending clause authority and ability to impose civil rights mandates using cross-cutting requirements. This is good stuff, stuff yep. in her power. She can get this done. This is the kind of stuff she needs to lean on. She becomes a nominee. She needs to lay out an eight-year plan. You know, and and just know that this is going to take the full two terms, right? And what's smart about an eight-year plan is that you're already thinking about the fact that you can't get it done within four years. Right. I like that. Yeah. Particularly the stuff in Congress. You know, you got to get some wins in Congress. You know, in, in uh, health care for all, going to be tough, right? College education for all, going to be tough. How much more bandwidth do you have to do a hundred things on right. criminal justice reform? Well, and I, I just worry that whoever gets the nomination, getting actually elected because of who you're running against, uh, it doesn't matter how wonky and detailed your stuff is. It's this, this next election is going to be about emotion and just this because either you, either you like Trump or you hate Trump. And it's not like who knows what, what Trump's policies are. I mean, I guess you can look at what his administration has been doing, but if you you couldn't you could go through each of these bullet points and and ask Donald Trump if he was for or against these things, and then you could go back and do it again, and he might answer the opposite. And it's well, like, yeah, I mean, there's just chaos. He doesn't seem to have any real set of strategies uh, for you know the major things that a president has to deal with, let alone in the in the weeds on this stuff. So I, I guess it's made... it's just it's people like Sessions, I guess, that are more focused on. Uh, on on these things and knowledgeable and actually have a have a direction, but you mean Barr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sessions yeah, um, it's gone. Just overall, this seems pretty comprehensive, uh, and it doesn't fall into so many of the pitfalls that we that we uh, accused Bernie of of this wishful thinking. And yeah, it's not some of that, some of that, but not, there's not, some. Uh, Bernie, Bernie's was nothing but that, seemed to me, and some of the stuff he said, I, I, it's just ridiculous, and it's it's one of the major reasons, one of many reasons, I'm not going to support him during this uh, 
during this primary. But I like I like I like her tone. I like her values, um, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to uh, seeing how this compares. It may be the it may be the point of uh, of, of review for the next candidate. We'll next look at uh, Joe Biden's and and see what that old crime fighter is doing to help reverse the things that he did as a senator mm -hmm. uh, for the past uh, three decades. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like uh, like uh, Harris's uh, or uh, Warren's approach and quite good. All right. Well, with that, I'll see you next week and we will talk about Joe Biden. Great. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. All of our episodes can be found on our website, seekjustice.fm. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be reached at seekjusticefm at gmail.com or via our Twitter account, at seekjusticefm. See you next week.